Hello and welcome to Goop Tales. I'm Maria Calanchini, the founder, writer, and narrator behind these original audio stories. Goop Tales is a storytelling podcast for children created to ignite your imagination, broaden your horizons, and introduce you to different cultures and exotic animals, while also sparking important conversations about character traits. And before I get into the details of today's story, I just want to say thank you for your patience. Several of you have written to me wondering where I am and if everything's okay. And all is well in my goopy world. I just needed to take a little bit of a break. It takes a lot of time and focus to write the stories, to research them, and then have them edited and all of that. And I just needed a little break over the summer and I'm back and I'm going to pick up my pace moving forward. We'll see how fast I'm going to pick it up, but I'm definitely going to pick it up. I love hearing from all of you. I have so many new goop ideas from all of you, literally hundreds, if not almost a thousand, I'm not sure. So if you haven't heard your goop, It's only because I can't get to them all, but I promise you, you're still going to love all of the new Goop Tales. Without further ado, let me give credit to Ravenna, who created today's story. And she wanted a Goop named Rima. And as you know, all of the Goops start with a poem. So I thought it was a great idea to have a group a goop named Rima. And Rima can write lots of poems, which you are going to hear. Now, if you want to see the drawing for Rima and the photos from the location in this story, which is this incredible giant kite festival that takes place in Guatemala, you can go to gooptales.com forward slash episode 115. Now, in the last episode of Goop Tales, we met Wanupya, a very brainy little goop who loves to outdo all of his goop friends. And while trying to one-up Drom's chalk racetrack, Wanupya got sent all the way to Dubai National Park. And there, he had to avoid a striped hiney and to get to the Formula Rosa, which is the fastest roller coaster in the world. And fortunately, he was able to let go of his desire to be the best and just embrace the fun that was in front of him. So the Formula Rosa helped him get back to Goop World, where he was so excited to go and tell his friend Rima all about his adventure. She was clutching a giant kite in Guatemala. So keep listening to find out how she got there and what she needs to do to get home. Goop Tales, episode 115, Rima and the Giant Kite 
Festival. Raima was such a poetic young goop. She would write and write on her stoop. There was always a poem in the air, and Raima would create it with great care. But Raima's mind was often in a cloud. To get her attention, you had to be very loud. Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a very well-read goop girl named Raima. Raima had loved books from a very young age and devoured them with great gusto. She tore through every book on her bookshelf before she even knew how to read, and she made up stories to go with the illustrations in order to entertain herself. Once she learned how to read, there was no stopping Raima. She read every book in her house and then discovered the library, which she insisted on visiting on a daily basis. One fine fall day, Raima was sitting comfortably on a beanbag chair in the corner of the library, reading a book about witches who could turn into beautiful flowers. Before they turned into flowers, the witches would say a poem, Shift me, shift me, let me find a bee who will give me a sting, and again I will find my wing. Rima read the poem several times, thinking it over. It was a beautiful riddle to be pondered. It was at that moment that Raima was stung by the poetry bee. She fell in love with poetry and the stories it told and the riddles it held. Raima got a small red book and filled it with poetry, carrying it everywhere she went. She couldn't and wouldn't stop thinking about writing poetry. Miss Wigglebutt was very impressed with Raima's poems and love of poetry. Miss Wigglebutt had great difficulty in getting many of the goops to read, so the fact that Rima loved it and wrote poems made Miss Wigglebutt hold her very near and dear. In fact, Miss Wigglebutt often gave Rima a platform in class to recite her poetry. One very windy November day, Rima stood up and recited a poem. Here comes autumn, here comes the fall, and oh, it is going to be a ball. There will be leaf piles to jump and strange noises that go thump, thump, thump. Well done, Rima, well done exclaimed Miss Wigglebutt. The twins, Tiger and Tagalina, clapped loudly as they were two of Rima's best friends and loved to support her. After class, Rima and the twins headed off to the library where Rima nestled into her favorite beanbag chair. 
tiger wandered off to the bookshelves to look for a new adventure book. And within a few minutes, he was racing across the library, clutching a book in his hand. Look, Rima, this poem is wonderful. And I thought of you, Tiger said as he handed the book to Rima. Rima read the poem in front of her by A.A. Milne. No one can tell me, nobody knows, where the wind comes from, where the wind goes. It's flying from somewhere as fast as it can. I couldn't keep up with it, not if I ran. But if I stopped holding the string of my kite, it would blow with the wind for a day and a night. And then when I found it, wherever it blew, I should know that the wind had been going there too. So then I could tell them where the wind goes, but where the wind comes from, nobody knows. Oh, Tiger, this is amazing. We have to give this a try and find out where the wind comes from. Let's get Dewanu. He has a kite. Rhymer and Tagger and Tagalina raced out of the library and scanned the school grounds for Dowanu. Look, there he is, just heading towards that hill, said Rima. When they caught up with Dowanu, he quickly agreed that they should all go up the hill and test the wind. Up and up they climbed, and as they reached the top, Tagalina said, Is it? Just me, or is there no wind? Where did it go? Rima held out her hand as if to catch the wind. You're right, there is no wind. Where did it go? We need the wind for our experiment. Dowanu, can I hold your kite while I speak to the wind? Said Rima. Of course, replied Dowanu as he handed Rima his kite. Rima took it hoping a gust of wind would come along, but it did not. The kite fell flat to the ground. Rima looked around as if she would be able to see the wind, and then she said, Wind, wind, where did you go? Please come back and blow, blow, blow. She closed her eyes waiting and said, Please come back and blow, 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 and show me where you go. And then, beneath her feet, a huge swell of wind came and lifted up Rima and the kite, carrying them high into the sky. As Dowanu and Tiger and Tagalina watched from below with eyes wide. Chapter 2 Rima was caught by surprise as the kite swept her up and away. She grasped it tightly and looked down to try and catch sight of Tiger, Tagalina, and Dowanu, but they were no longer visible. All that Rima saw 
was a vast mountain range dotted by lakes. The terrain below didn't look like Goop World. There was something different about it, and Rima was sure that she had entered the world of humans. The humans that Gugalina had told her all about. Despite the fact that she was flying high in the sky, Rima felt no fear. Instead, she felt adventurous. She was sure something exciting was going to happen as she entered this new world. She made up a rhyme to pass the time. Oh, adventure, here I come. I'm ready for you and I won't be glum. You will show me a world I've never seen. And I already feel like a queen. Rima smiled to herself. She was feeling like a queen as she flew above the world below. The moment she said her poem aloud, a swirl of wind surrounded her and sucked her right into a vortex. Then it carried her away at great speed. Everything went so fast that all Rima saw was a blur of color until finally the wind dropped her on top of a long, bright yellow archway. Doanu's kite fell beside her and the wind disappeared. Rima stood up and smiled, ready for this human adventure to begin. She found that she was high up, looking down over brightly colored buildings that lined the street below her. She watched as humans strolled along the sidewalks and gathered in a colorful plaza. Instantly, she was charmed and wanted to explore. So she poked her head over the archway. A young boy named Elvin, who was on the street below, spotted her. He pointed and said, Mira, which meant look. His twin sisters, Barbara and Brisa, looked up and saw Rima. Oh, gasped Brisa. ¿Qué es eso? What is that? No sé, pero lo quiero, responded Barbara. I don't know, but I want it. Yo también, said Elvin. Me too. Then the three siblings waved to Rima, who waved back, and Elvin motioned for her to come down to the street. I want to, but I don't know the way, Rima called back. Brisa, Barbara, and Elvin looked at each other and smiled. They spoke a little English and could understand Rima. Just then, the local bully, Joaquin, saw what was happening. He looked at the twins and Elvin, and then he looked up at Rima, who was waving back to them. He said in a devilish voice, What have we here? Brisa turned and stared at Joaquin and said, Nada, nothing. Joaquin laughed and said, Nunca. Esa criatura es mía. Never. This creature is mine. And then he dropped his bottle of soda and raced toward the stairs of the archway. 
Brisa ran after him, but he had already disappeared into the crowds. Barbara and Elvin looked back up at Rima, who was waving wildly, having no idea what had just happened below. Barbara and Elvin quickly made the decision to stay where they were and keep their eyes on Rima. They knew that if anyone could catch up with Joaquin, it would be Brisa. Wait, called out Elvin in his best English voice. He didn't want Rima to start down the stairs of the archway and bump into Joaquin. Stay there. Okay, I will. Will you come and get me? Called back Rima. Just then, Rima was distracted by footsteps that she heard running upstairs. Footsteps that were getting closer and closer. She looked around but didn't see anything. Then she heard a voice and looked to her left. Standing just 20 feet from her was a young boy with a menacing face. He smiled a very scary smile and Rima recoiled. She knew immediately that something was wrong. Mmm, criatura, eres mía. Mmm, you are mine, creature, Joaquin said as he slowly advanced towards Rima. Then Rima saw the girl from below. Brisa appeared behind Joaquin and said, No mas, Joaquin, to the boy. Then she looked at Rima and said, Quick, run! Rima was so confused by everything that was happening, but she turned to run in the opposite direction, and at the other entry to the archway, she saw a gang of three boys, all friends of Joaquin, who had the same menacing grimace. Chapter 3 Rima's heart was racing, and her head was dizzy. She could barely decipher what was happening, and now she had no escape from the archway. Brisa took in the situation very quickly as she watched Joaquin and his friends come at Rima from both sides of the walkway. Then, just when she felt like there was no way out, Brisa spotted Rima's kite. Jump with your kite, said Brisa, who was trying to remember her English. Rima understood immediately and didn't waste a moment. She wondered why she hadn't thought of this herself. She lifted her kite, stood on the archway, and jumped in the direction of Elvin and Barbara below. Brisa immediately turned and ran back down to the plaza before Joaquin and his thugs could turn around. On the plaza below, Barbara and Elvin ran in the direction of Rima and her tiny kite. Barbara caught Rima, and then they met Brisa at the bottom of the steps and disappeared into the crowd. Joaquin and his gang raced down to the plaza, but they were too late. Rima had safely disappeared into the crowd in Barbara's hand.
Once Barbara, Elvin, and Brisa were safely back at their house, they entered the twins' room and closed the door. Barbara placed Rima on her desk and looked at her. You're a magica, she sighed. Magica, I am indeed. And you helped me with your speed. I want to repay you. Just tell me what I can do, sang out Rima. Elvin, Barbara, and Brisa were all thoroughly enchanted by Rima. They sat quietly in their bedroom, eating popcorn, while Rima told them all about Goop World and her good friends, Dowanu, and the twins, Tagger and Tagalina. The three children had never heard of such a place as Goop World, and they all began to fantasize about what a wonderful place it must be. And then they began to think about what their Goop names would be. They had great fun thinking about names for each other until they heard their parents come home and call them Niños. The children held their fingers to their lips, indicating to Rima to keep quiet. And then they left the room. Rima could hear an animated discussion in the next room. She tried to understand, but it was all in Spanish. Soon Brisa came back into the room and told her they were all going to go outside on the sidewalk and work on their barillete gigante. They were making a giant kite to fly in the festival of barilletes gigantes in honor of their grandmother, who had passed on. Brisa explained that there was a festival once a year in Sampongo, Guatemala, a festival of giant kites that were painted with images to honor loved ones who had passed on. All of the children missed their abuela, their grandmother, very much, and they wanted to fly a giant kite into the air with messages of love for her. The festival was tomorrow, and they still had to finish painting their barilete. I want to help, cried out Rima. I will write a poem for your abuela. As Elvin and the twins pulled out paint cans and talked about images, Rima found a little corner near their setup and sat down on a paint can to think about a poem for the abuela of Elvin, Brisa, and Barbara. She was hermosa, graciosa, amable, beautiful, kind, and funny, said Elvin. She sounds wonderful, said Rima. Let me think about this. Rima was so delighted that she was in Guatemala Never had she thought that she would have the opportunity to visit such a lively country full of such kind people. Well, except for Joaquin, she thought to herself. The children started painting brightly colored images of their faces and favorite things. They wanted their abuela to see their faces flying up in the sky and saying hello to her. Rima looked over at the images and then slid off the paint can 
and walked down the sidewalk to think about her poem. Words began to float into her head as she imagined the beautiful abuela of Elvin, Barbara, and Brisa. I have it, she said to herself as she pulled out her notebook to write down a poem. And just then, she heard a very familiar voice say, La Creatora Te Veo, The Creature I See You. She looked up to see the menacing Joaquin coming down the sidewalk straight for her. Chapter 4 Elvin, Barbara, and Brisa were all busy painting brightly colored images on their kite. Elvin was painting a picture of his favorite sesame cookies, champuradas, which were a Guatemalan specialty that his abuela had made for him. Barbara was painting a giant fuchsia-colored peony, which was the favorite flower of her abuela. And Brisa was just about to start painting their names beneath their faces when she heard a scream from down the street. ¿Qué fue eso? What was that? She said as Elvin and Barbara looked up. All three of them stood and ran in the direction that Rima had gone. And as they looked down the street, they saw Joaquin and his friends disappear around the corner and Rima was nowhere in sight. He got her said Brisa in dismay. We must go after him, get her back, she said as she began to run down the street. Stop, said Elvin as he reached out and put his hand on her shoulder. We are outnumbered by Joaquin and his friends. We have to think of a plan. The three siblings stood in silence, all trying to think of a rescue plan for Rima. Brisa glanced over at the kite and had an idea. The festival in a few hours. We must finish our kite and go to the festival and rescue her there. Joaquin will come to the festival. He wouldn't miss it. Barbara and Elvin looked at each other and nodded. You're right, said Elvin. Then he looked up at the sky and said, Abuela, we know you are with us always. Help us rescue Rima today. At that exact moment, a bright red bird flew out of nowhere and zipped across a cloud. It's Abuela, said Barbara. She heard us. They all smiled and quickly got to finishing their kite. As soon as they were done, they picked up their kite and hurried off to the festival, each one holding on to a side. There were so many people already gathering and flying their kites. Oh, how will we ever find Joaquin? said Brisa. Oh, I know. He loves champaradas as much as we do. And he will surely go to the champarada booth at the end of the plaza, said Barbara. I have a plan, said Elvin. And then he whispered his idea to Barbara and Brisa, 
who both nodded enthusiastically. The three of them quickly made their way to the Champarada booth, but not before stopping at a hat rack, where Elvin bought a large sombrero that covered his face with its brim. Once at the Champarada booth, Elvin volunteered to work there, and his help was gladly accepted, as the booth was very busy. Barbara and Brisa stood off to the side and held up their kite as onlookers walked by and admired it. One woman asked the girls if they were going to fly their kite high with all the others, and Barbara told her they would, but they were just waiting for the right moment to launch it into the sky. It wasn't long before Barbara saw Joaquin moving towards the Champarada booth. She motioned to Elvin that he was coming, and then she hopped behind the kite so Joaquin wouldn't spot her. As Joaquin got closer, Barbara saw that he had Rima's little kite hanging out of his shirt pocket. Then she saw that Rima herself was peeking out from Joaquin's front shirt pocket. Rima looked scared as she surveyed the crowd, no doubt looking for an escape route. Barbara silently pointed at Rima, who caught sight of her and was about to call out when Barbara put her finger to her lips. Then she pointed to their giant kite and then the sky. Rima didn't know exactly what the plan was, but she knew there was one, so she nodded and stayed silent. Joaquin stood at the champarada counter and ordered three champaradas from Elvin, who he didn't recognize at all beneath his large sombrero. As Elvin reached across the counter to hand Joaquin his champaradas, he stayed low and beneath his hat, he looked directly at Rima and whispered, Hop on. Rima quickly grabbed her tiny kite and hopped onto the brim of the large sombrero. Elvin stood and turned his head so quickly that Joaquin couldn't grasp what had just happened. As Elvin turned his head, Rima saw the twins holding up their large kite towards her and she leapt from the sombrero brim onto the kite, just as Joaquin swiped the sombrero off Elvin's head. Ay, 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 mi crachora, he yelled as his hands thrashed about, but it was too late. The twins had already launched their kite into the blue sky above with Rima holding tight. The kite went higher and higher into the sky and Rima looked down on the scene below. As she did, she pulled out the poem she wrote for the abuela of Elvin, Barbara, and Brisa and read it out loud. Abuela, we love you. We think of you and you are here. We know you are with us and you are so dear. You soar through the sky like a little bird that is free. We look up and see you moving with such glee. It makes our hearts happy to see you fly, so light and spry through the sky. When she finished, 
a bright red bird flew through the sky and pulled Raima and her tiny kite off the Barilete Gigante. And Raima floated down through the sky and right back into Goop World, where she landed in front of the library. She looked around for Tiger and Tagalina, eager to tell them about the festival of the giant kites. But they were nowhere to be found. They were in Winter Laser World. But that is a tale for another time. Okay, that is it for today's story. Rima and the Giant Kite Festival. Maybe you got inspired to make a giant kite. If you did, or maybe you got inspired to draw one, I would love it if you would send me a photo of it. And you can do that by just tagging at Gooptails on Facebook or Instagram. And you can also leave me a voicemail if you just go to gooptails.com. Now, if you want to download the coloring page that goes with today's episode, just visit gooptails.com forward slash episode 115. And on that page, you will also be able to see all of the photos that go with this episode. So you can see all of the amazing kites that are really in the Bariletes Gigantes Festival that takes place down in Guatemala. Just go to gooptails.com forward slash episode 115. Now, here is the voicemail that Ravenna left. I want to sign off with that. But before we listen to her description of Rima, I just want to very quickly thank the people who have written me in recently that include Gray, Juniper, Willow, Sonal, Amy, and Mike. So thank you so much for your messages. I listen to all of them and I love hearing your voices. All right, here is Ravenna and I will see you in the next Goop Tale. My name is Ravenna and my Goop is Rima. She carries around a book of poetry and will write a new poem every time she thinks of one.